are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this final Monday of January. Thanks so much for being with us. Miller and Moulton on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. You know, there were a lot of field goals that were passed up yesterday, Mark. I mean, not just the two that Dan Campbell passed up. I mean, Andy Reid, 14-7, second quarter, fourth and half a yard, deep in Baltimore territory. Could have kicked the field goal to go up two scores. He went for it, got stopped. Now, they ended up getting that field goal before the end of the first half. But, you know. Even Andy Reid with a very aggressive play. When it wasn't that long ago that the field goal kicker would have been running onto the field before the coach could have turned and told him to run onto the field. And that'll be our poll question. I don't know if it's up It's yet. up. All right. Dan Campbell, he coached the NFC Championship game like he coached every other game this year. He went for it virtually every time. Passing up makeable field goals of 46 and 48 yards in a game in which the Lions lost by three. Did you agree with Dan Campbell's decisions in coaching the NFC Championship game the way that he coached all year? That Mark Miller, I'll retweet it shortly at the David Moulton. Go to floridasportsnetwork.com and vote. Trent. We gave you an hour to get comfortable, to get situated. I'm sure the first hour was a bit of a fog. I'm sure your head is spinning. Your vision is not 2020 today. But first off, people want to know, how the heck are you? I'm hanging in there. I, I told you guys the joke at, before we went on the air. You know, it's just sports. I'm fine. But no, this is a, this is the worst I've ever felt with any of my teams in my entire life, and it's not close. How was the family chat last night? Because I will tell you now, Trent has the job because I've known his dad for a lot of years, and his dad reached out to me a few years ago and said, "My son wants to get in this business. Can you give him any advice?" And I said, "Get out of this business as quickly right. as possible." Right. <laughs> Mark spent two years telling his old-time friend, listen, you got to get your son to do something different. I mean, paper or plastic's a better career option, really. But fate would have it that we had a producer job open, and Trent is now with us. So yesterday morning, uh, myself and a friend of mine texted Trent's dad. The first, Trent, the first text to Trent's dad was at 6.30 in the morning that we started on your father with, get up, it's game day, let's go. Yeah, um, I, I I felt badly for you. I felt horribly for your father because, Trent, you may see another one of these. But the odds are your dad and I, this is it. This is our last. Come on. What do, what do you mean? Come on. When was the last fake. time? No. See, look, I'm a lot more optimistic on that front than I, a lot of you're, people you, are. You and should be. You're 24. And you, it's, <laughs> it's hard to – it. I. I know, and people make jokes about that kind of stuff, and I get it. But I love this group. This is I'm trying to keep it all in perspective because they did do what they haven't done 
ever this season. And to be able to ex- see that and experience that was awesome. And to, to, to taste the victory, like David said, and have it right on your doorstep and then essentially gift wrap the W for the 49ers, that makes it hurt more. But to answer your question about the family group chat, uh, my dad said nothing. I got nothing out of my dad. There you go. He's just beside himself. We all are. It's all this. What, what, how many stages of grieving are there? That's <laughs> we're, we're just going through those right now. Well, I just simply sent him a text after the game. Said you okay? Yeah. And I got a one-word answer. No. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes later, that just said tough. Yeah. Uh, that that was it. Tough is the word. One of the words. What? So. Trent, live. Not now, because I'm sure you're rationalizing it now. Yeah. All right. You're very good at that, by the way. For a young person, yeah. you're very good at rationalizing. All right? And that'll probably serve you very well for the rest of your life. But as it was unfolding live, were you agreeing with Dan Campbell? Were you yelling at the TV, that's right, We've done it all year. Let's go. Or were you going, ah, come on, Dan. We said January was going to be different. Come on. Kick the field goal, buddy. Live, I wanted points. Live, I wanted three. But it's kind of like you guys have said. I That's what I wanted to do. I also knew there was no chance he was kicking it in either instance. I knew they're going for it. I would have kicked it. I wanted to kick it. Also, people forget, in, was it the first quarter or the second quarter when they took the points? They took the three. At the end of the half. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, and that one shocked me even in that moment. I thought he was going to go for it then. So, David, live, I wanted three in both instances. Yeah, I did too. First off, the fact he took as long as he did at the end of the half before sending the kicker out, I mean, I did, I did yell at the TV. I kept it in for as long as I could. All right. I text Danielson. I'm like, oh, come on. He's not going to go for it, is he? And he still hadn't decided to send the kicker out. And I literally yelled at the TV, come on, Dan, coach. And when they were up 24 10 and they ran it on third, you knew that's why, like, the two, I give you guys all kinds of credit to sit there and say field goal because on third down, and I give Olsen credit, who said well, as soon as they ran the play, he goes, well, obviously they're going for it here. Well, exactly. That That's that's how I, I mean, I knew what they were doing. I, w- I would have taken three, but I understand what they were doing and why they were doing it. Because there was also a play on a third and 12 when they ran it to Gibbs the outside, and he got a first down on a third and 12, and it might have been four down territory at that point. All right. I was of the thought live that, first off, I would have sent the kicker out both times. But, okay, I'll justify you going for it up 14, fourth and two. All right, you know, you're you're letting it roll. This is how we roll, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'll give you one, Dan. I'm angry that he's not sending the kicker out mid-fourth quarter I'm angry I'm like come on man and yet I've had quite a few people fire back at me and go no actually to me it's the other way around that by the time the mid-fourth quarter came around I was actually in agreement with Dan it's like you know what best chance to win the game is probably just to finish this drive off score 
Because I will say the Niners, if you don't count the last kneel down drive, Niners had the ball five times in the second half. They scored five times. Three touchdowns, two field goals. I mean, so Detroit wasn't stopping the no. Niners in the second half. No. So, but I have to admit, I still was of the belief, you kick the field goal here, dude. You tie this game up. They got nowhere near. They had the two sacks on the one drive on Purdy, but other than that, they were really nowhere near him. They missed him a bunch of times. Hutchinson had, to me, he deflected the two passes in the first half. Other than that, he was non-existent. He, I thought he had to be great for them to win, and he wasn't great. It doesn't help when the Niners quarterback's faster than your linebackers. Because every time he broke the pocket, their linebackers were like, ah, yeah, he's too fast for me. Huh. Brock okay. Purdy. Right. So that might be a position of, of you know, upgrade, maybe. I'm just saying. But, so that's where I am on the kicks. Mark, at the end of the day, all right, did you want him to, you knew, you have said, you knew he wasn't going to. And the, and the play calling on third down both times showed you that he wasn't going to. But what did you want Dan Campbell to do? I wanted him, the first one I wanted him to kick to get the three-score lead. I thought that was important. You were just just matching a field goal with another field goal. Right. And they had come to. Right. And then eight, nine minutes are off the clock. So now you look up and, hey, we had a 17-point lead at the half. Huh, six minutes ago, third quarter. Still up 17. Pressure really on the Niners. That's because they had just scored a field goal. They didn't get six. It wasn't like they put a dent in the lead where you feel like you had to match their touchdown. So I really thought on the first one I would have kicked. On the second one, I would have probably kicked two. I I mean, I knew he wasn't going to. Right. Right. It was third and ten. They throw the out to St. Brown. By the way, you know, the Bills – question their play calling in the third quarter going away with what was working against the Chiefs and it got them out of their rhythm was there a court order that we missed that for an hour the Lions couldn't target St. Brown I mean it's not like the Niners have a shutdown corner seriously what what Ben Johnson who's going to get a job probably but what happened there there's nobody can cover him you guys didn't even target him for an hour Goff All went to Josh Reynolds. Apart in the world, and you're throwing it to everybody else. What the heck? You went to Josh Reynolds too, too many times, to be exact. Yeah, I mean, and Josh Reynolds, who had a really nice season, had a, had a terrific year, is going to be remembered for the two drops on fourth down. Yep. That's the, the way, way it goes. Jamison Williams, too. That I mean, that was that was a little bit more of a tough one in the end zone because. His left arm, or his right arm, it was, got pulled back a little bit. I'm not saying it was P.I. I'm just saying it, it affected his ability, I think, to get his hands on that one. But that's another one that you just – you wonder what would have happened if the Lions could have hauled in one of those three drops. So that's our poll question. Did you agree with Dan Campbell's decision-making? Now, I do think when you answer it, you do need to keep in mind This is how he coached all year, and he kept saying all year, I'm going to keep making these decisions, just so you know. This is how we roll. 
This is the pressing basketball team that starts having their press exposed and they're giving up dunks and wide open threes on the other end. And when asked after the game, well, they were breaking the press. Why'd you keep pressing? The coach goes, uh, that's who we are. It's what we do. We're not changing now. Yeah, but it wasn't working. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. But the Lions didn't get any stops in the second half. And Campbell knew it. He felt they needed points. He felt he talked that way all week going in. And in a shootout, they ran out of shots in the second half. Miller and Moulton would have sent the field goal kicker out there. Definitely the first time. And in all likelihood, the second. Thanks for listening. Play of the day coming up. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. We'll head to Detroit a little more than 15 minutes time. We'll talk with Ronnie Duncan of CBS News Detroit. Head to Kansas City, top of the hour. Seren Petro, Chiefs headed back to the Super Bowl. Fourth time in five years. I mean, does it ever get old hat? We'll ask Seren. And Vinny Serrato in a little more than an hour. Longtime NFL executive. Covers the Ravens, lives in Baltimore these days. Worked for the Niners for a long time. We'll talk to Vinny about what went wrong for Baltimore yesterday. Mark, going to do something I've never done before. Going to wish someone a happy birthday. Okay, like Harry Carey during the ball game. 6-2 Cubs and just want to wish a happy 10th birthday to crew. He and his dad are headed to school this morning and just want to say thanks for raising a little bud man. Happy birthday, crew. Here's Kingman at the plate. I like how you did that with the head shaking the whole time. <laughs> like you'd had six or seven Budweiser. That was the most impressive part of the whole invitation right there is the head bob. Thank you. Thank you. So apparently a young dad and his kid, they listen to our show on the way to school. So yeah. So you're giving birthday wishes now. Well, you know, I always listen to those baseball announcers, you know, doing that. You know, it's a Tuesday in June, and, you know, hey, Mary Jo Walsh is celebrating her 83rd birthday. She's listening to us in Muskegee. Listens every night on 1410 WCNC. Happy birthday, Mary Jo. <laughs> Five, three brewers here in the fifth. I mean, I, I just... And so, you know, we've done a lot of things with this show. I, I don't think we had ever done a birthday greeting before. I mean, we've wished each other and our moms and wives and kids, but, you know, that's all. I just. And he's 10, so I... you said? Yeah. Yeah. Double digits. That's a big one. It is. Happy birthday, yeah. crew. Yeah. Yeah. Young lady in Mark's life is going to celebrate that one coming up in, uh, about a hundred days. So yeah, couple yeah. couple three four months here. There she hits a uh, big big double digits as well. Right. So that's all. I figured. You know, I don't know how often we're going to do that. I, I just thought. You know, and wants I, a phone. Is that what she does? She wants she, a phone. She wants a phone. Hmm. 
I think we held off till like a little longer and did it sooner than we wanted to only for quote safety reasons. Well, and that's where like literally, you know, my daughter's into gymnastics and she's, she's okay. She's pretty good. And if she gets to the next level, the practices will become a little more intense. And she's been told by her mother, if she gets to the next level that she'll probably need a phone. Cause there'll be a lot more dropping off as opposed to sitting there for the hours on end that I sit there. Right. Right. Cause those days have to stop. I mean, you know, th- this whole unconditional love thing, uh, sometimes you got to put conditions to it. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to write something into the contract. Make sometimes those wooden benches just start really bothering you and you gotta make allowances for it. I'll tell you what, nowadays it is getting more and more normal for kids that age to have a phone. I didn't get my first phone until I was 14, but I think I was part of the tail end of that generation that got them as teenagers, not 10-year-olds, you know? Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Mark, how old were you when you got your first phone? 27. Well, that's good, Mark, because I got my first phone at 37. <laughs> Believe it or not, too, I was one of the last people to get my phone. Oh, I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> my parents had a very strict rule. Credit to them. They stuck to it. For your 14th birthday, you can get a phone. So my daughter had a birthday party to go to yesterday. And um, my wife had plans, so I had to take her to the birthday party. Birthday party was 2 to 4, by the way. Whoa! Come on now! I had planned on just dropping her off, but then I felt a little guilty. Unfortunately, the place that it was a it was a bowling event, and come on, bowling alleys have bars, right? And TVs, and TVs. So I'm like, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can make this happen. Happy tenth birthday, crew! Yeah. Hey, this buds for you, Mark. But. On the way home, my daughter got a, a slinky in the little gift bag, and I started singing the slinky song. And she's like, "How do you? How do you? What? Do you, what was that?" I'm like, "It was a commercial, honey." When we watched cartoons, we didn't just grab that tablet and turn on exactly. I had three channels, sweetie, right. and we memorized all the commercials because they were on every Saturday morning. Yeah, you guys couldn't just click skip ad at the no. bottom right. It's that- called a jingle, okay? A jingle. They will live with you forever. Ah. Yes. So we I had the slinky more... song in my head for most of the day yesterday. We need more jingles. I... We do. Jingles are a good thing. So how much grief nationally do you think the Detroit Lions slash Dan Campbell are saving Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, and the Ravens? An unbelievable amount. Because the question I got yesterday from a friend is, Lamar going to get it the same way Dak got it? And it wasn't good. No. Big game, big game, biggest game of his life. He did not play well. There's no two ways around it. Now, I don't think his offense coordinator helped him, but he didn't play well. That interception was horrendous. Triple coverage down the middle of the field in the end zone when you're in scoring range and you're down two scores. Oh, my goodness. That's third-string quarterback trying to make the team in August throws. 
man. And the game plan was bad. And they never deviated and didn't run the ball enough. Andy no. Reid coached circles around Harbaugh yesterday, in my opinion. Well, Spags. Also. <laughs> Steve Spagnola, you know, head coach, no, has been the architect of some tremendous defensive performances. Going back to the Giants against the undefeated Patriots and what he's done with the Chiefs. Yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. Spags drinks. Well, Spags does not need to buy any drinks of his own in Kansas City for the next two weeks. Well, Andy Reid won the first half over the young defense coordinator for the Ravens. Young defense coordinator did a hell of a job in the second half. 29 minutes after the hour. All right, Trent, what'd you pick? Uh, I wanted to pick something from the first game, but look, uh, this this IU play was ridiculous. Third quarter, six and a half minutes to play. Lions are nursing a 14-point lead on the 49ers. Purdy steps up from the 45, zips one over the middle to Brandon Ayuk. Lions cornerback Kendall Vilder gets his hands on it, or somewhat goes through his hands, hits him in the face, <laughs> and of course a little magic happens. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Watching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? He's down to the five. Had he not caught it, they probably would have left the flag down, called Pat. I, I don't know if they would have, but he. What penalty? Yeah, that was the a. The defensive back was in better position for the ball. I, I'm Who just. Who were they going to. I thought there was a better chance they were going to call Ayuk. What penalty? That would have been outrageous. I agree. If that was a penalty. I'm just basing it off what the broadcast was saying, and you know, I I agree, David. I thought maybe it was going to be a push on Ayuk, but nonetheless, I didn't know what the heck the flag was for. Leads to a Christian McCaffrey run in. Niners cut it to seven, and that pretty much kickstarted their run. There's your play of the day presented by Molly Maid. Oh, the Molly Maid play of the day. Poor Trent. Seven seven four fifty eight thirty nine. May have to send it over to his aunt and uncles in Cape Coral. Clean that mess up that Trent may have left yesterday. It's our Molly made play of the day. What a pro picking that as the play of the day, which was the play of the day. But what a pro putting his personal disgust aside. Well done, young man. Take the rest of the show off. Ronnie Duncan is next. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the top of the hour. Soren Petro from Kansas City. Chiefs going to the fourth Super Bowl in five years. That's ridiculous. Friend of the show. He'll join us top of the hour. Vinny Serrato, longtime friend of the show as well. Ravens picking up the pieces. He'll join us one hour from now. Ronnie Duncan, kind enough to join us for the first time. CBS News in Detroit. That's what WWJ goes by. He does sports there. Ronnie, it's David and Mark. Thanks for your time. I don't know whether to ask you, is Ronnie for Ronnie or Ronnie the sports guy? How you doing this morning? Hey, man. Some people just still say Ronnie Slam Duncan, but David and Mark, thanks so much for having me here. As a guest, it's a bum morning. Uh, I've lost my voice, but we're still here. All right. Um, our poll question. 
Dan Campbell went for it all year. We know that. We, you know, I'm a Michigan native. The producer that you talk to is a Lions season ticket holder. We follow this team. This isn't just a, a Monday morning that we've stumbled on Dan Campbell. He goes for it all the time. In the moment, did you agree with the decisions, Ronnie? Not in the moment. And the reason why, let's put it this way. You and I have seen it all season. We know two people. There's Dan Campbell and then there's Dan Gamble. And what's going to have to happen during the offseason is going to have to be a remedial class on managing games and what works and what doesn't work. And you've got to look at statistics, and you've got to look at game situations. And the one thing that got you there got you killed. Let's face it, 17 points in the third quarter should not have happened. A big turnover by Jameer Gibbs. I've talked to so many people during the season, and they ignored it. I said, you know what, I love this kid. But the way he carries the ball, it could be a turnover situation. I guarantee you every defensive coordinator has talked about that with Jameer Gibbs. With, of course, of course, excuse me, God-given talents, you can get away with some things. But sometimes you can't. And the other big factor in this game, and nobody's talking about it, four targets to one person. In the NFL, when you get four targets, you're supposed to at least have two catches. Why did my man... Josh Reynolds only had one. Think about it. Timely situations. Jared Goff played well. No interceptions. Yes, he had a great quarterback rating at halftime. But if you don't help him, he can't help himself. Well, and we were wondering, and we're talking with Ronnie Duncan, CBS News Detroit, that, you know, they went away from St. Brown for an hour. I mean, they, there's not a shutdown corner on the Niners, and they play a lot of zone. I mean, we're kind of wondering, what the heck happened to St. Brown? St. Brown was on MIA, missing in action. As a matter of fact, at halftime, you know what happened? They placed Stalin Mill Carton, and his face was there, and everybody brought it. He was still in the game, still to be found, should have been thrown to. But the other thing is this. How about the kids? the one from Alabama, Mr. Williamson. Look how many targets he had. Look how many catches he had. Look at his natural skill and what he could do. And yes, that one pass by Jared Goff could have been a touchdown had he not slowed down, but they've got to get that timing together. Here's the factor that I have. At the beginning of the season, I said the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. I remember talking to Kevin James, of course, the comedian, and talking to Mark and Donnie Wahlberg during an event here, and they were laughing at me. And I was like, hey, you know, the first shall be first and the last shall be last. You know, it's in the Bible. And then you say, what are you talking about? What's the first game of the season? It's Kansas City and Detroit. What's going to be the last game of the season? Kansas City and Detroit. Oh, they laughed. I thought I had a chance. 24-7 and a half time, 17-point deficit. Only 18 has been the other big deficit in the NFC Championship game. Should not have happened. You know, the greatest of all time, of course, spent a lot of time down there in the Florida State, and I'm talking about Muhammad Ali had one thing. He says, I'm the greatest of all time. If he didn't believe it, he couldn't achieve it. If you don't believe it, no one will believe it. And the factor was simply this. Publicly, no, nah, no, nah, stop all this Super Bowl talk. We don't want to talk about that. But privately, yeah, we're going to do Super Bowl, but don't tell anybody. Maybe the biggest mistake the Lions made all season was not publicly and privately saying we're going to the Super Bowl, and why not? When you try to achieve the greatest gift, the biggest catch, then that's what you talk about. And I'll give you another Florida sort of like caveat with this. 
It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. Hard to get to the Super Bowl. You can have a great career with better teams, and you could be a better player. But you could go early in your career and thinking, oh, I'll get here again. That was easy. If you think it is, ask Dan Marino. No doubt. Put. No doubt. And Dan Gamble talked about it, how it's going to be twice as hard next year to get there. And, you know, I really thought that Detroit had to have the game. of. I thought Hutchinson had to have the game of his life for them to win. In the second half, he couldn't get to the quarterback. They got to the quarterback twice in one series, but they just were unable to do anything to Brock Purdy. If you look at Aiden Hutchinson's numbers, and I know that both of you guys have uh, a computer there, look at his numbers. It's almost like he didn't play. Look at his numbers. How many tackles? Yeah. He had the two batter down passes in the first there quarter. There you go. Yep. And, of course, you know, I was being very happy because, hey, here's a kid from Jackson State, HBCU, Deion Sanders. Then I saw number 41, and I was like, hey, man, he's in the game. He's back. No ankle injury. How many times we even heard of James Harris? He was what? Oh, by the way, when he should have been hit with a penalty for the helmet going straight to Josh Purdy. You got to take and make Josh Purdy uncomfortable. When you are up 24 to 7 at halftime, let's stop making excuses. Excuses are tools of the incompetence, which go monuments for nothing, and those who specialize in them seldom become anything other than excuses. I shoulda, coulda, woulda, doesn't make a difference. I love Dan Campbell, but you just said it. Next season, this ain't no secret no more. Next season, oh, we beat them. They almost made it to the Super Bowl. They were in the playoffs. They made it to the division championship. You ain't no secret no more. So the biggest thing that has to happen right now for the Detroit Lions and for the Detroit Lions fans is simply this. Your general manager, super Brad, got to be super bad when it comes to the draft. And let's face it, Cam Sutton on an island alone is almost like talking to Wilson. Okay? (laughs) He's too small. I'm sorry. If this was the land of Oz and we had, of course, the munchkins and midgets could go ahead and be supreme, he'd be the man. But he ain't my man on an island by himself. Cam Sutton has got to go. They've got to fix that defensive secondary. They've got to have some shutdown corners. And you better find them. And look, Anzalone, love him. But I don't need a stat stuffer who's not getting people beyond 10 yards. Because that's his thing, what he does beyond 10 yards. I need you to make sure it's negative before we get to a first down. I was very happy with Campbell as a rookie. But we've got to get a better volume. Did you see the way the San Francisco linebackers came alive in the second half? That's what you need from Detroit. Tighten up that defense. Offense is good. Let's hope that Ben Johnson doesn't get a job this <laughs> offseason and he has to come back for one more season because he is magic. He is brilliant. His play calling is superb. But let's see what happens. Ronnie Duncan, CBS News, Detroit. How do you think 
Lions Nation is going to process this? Are they going to say that's our Dan Campbell and you know we'll live with them? Or is did the honeymoon end at nine o'clock last night? It's almost like it was baseball nineteen ninety five and nineteen ninety seven. And you wake up in the morning and you say, How did we lose that game? And you're Cleveland. How did we lose that game to Atlanta? How did we lose that game to the Marlins? And you think it's a nightmare. Wake me up. Dude, I woke up this morning thinking, they didn't lose, they won. And I'm like, no, they lost. It hurts. And that's how Lions Nation is feeling. That's how you're feeling right now. Come on. You thought, oh, my goodness, first time since 1957. We're going. Forget about Tobin Road. We love you. Rock Road. Your son went to Florida. Was a great sportscaster. No. We lost. So now what was done in 57 still stands. And you can talk about Barry's great games and how close things are, but they're hurting. They're hurting because they came so close. And you know what happened? And I think you can understand this. They were winning at halftime. And then those same old Lions showed up in the second. Oh, you used that phrase, did you? You had to go there. Uh, Ronnie Duncan, it's CBS true, News. Brother, it's, it's true, brother. Ronnie, I'm 54 years old. I'm born in Saginaw, Michigan. It's true, my man. I, I, I hey, tell man, everybody I don't have the Lions I'm 50, gene. I'm 65 years old. wasn't around when Tobin wrote one in 57. It hurts. I came here and I was like, look, I'm tired of all this negativity. I said, they're going to be fine. They're going to win. They're going to beat Green Bay. They may not make the playoffs. Okay. I mean, Dan Campbell has done a sensational job. In basketball, you live by the jump shot, you die by one. LeBron doesn't have one. But you live by the jump shot, you die by one. Okay? You live by the Dan Gamble, you die by the Dan Gamble. And that's exactly what happened. You can say whatever you want. Those were two important numbers to get in the fourth quarter, and he said no. And you saw the field goal kicker sitting there going, man, let me, let me do my thing, man. I can do this. No, but it's basic mathematic. It's basic arithmetic. It's basic strategy. He's got to take that remedial class this offseason. It's called game management. Romeo Cornell got fired for not having game management. Ronnie Duncan. he got to be able to communicate. Detroit. Let's put it this way. We don't need him to have Bill Belichick's personality. We love what he does. Everybody wants to play for him. But please have that intellect to know what you need to do in situations of greatness. I'll put it to you this way. One of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time, the first coach I fell in love with when he became the youngest coach in the NFL. He is loyalty in the NFL. He is royalty in Miami. I'm talking Don Shula. Would he have played that game that way? Hell to the no. Ronnie, thanks so much for your time and your insight. And uh, uh, good luck with you and all your friends and viewers getting through today. <laughs> You're good. Good luck with you. Man, you know we dying over here. I know that. I know that. We're I know that. Over here. Everybody's going to dissect this game as if it was their first assignment in seventh grade with a frog. We're looking for every missing piece. But it's obvious. Brad Holmes has got to do 
a job of addressing the defense. A linebacker, a corner. Brian Branch played well yesterday. Did you see the camera when it kept going to Brian Branch and how, you know, you just saw this look on his face and it was like, it was so sad. Josh Reynolds, for the first time, had the kind of game everybody thought he was going to have and maybe not even make the team. And what we saw can be corrected. What you saw can be corrected with Jameer Gibbs. And there's a problem that's about to exist, and no one wants to talk about it, especially not now. But, you know, there's a Batman and Robin thing. It was real good when Dave Montgomery and then, of course, Gibbs came along. The way Gibbs played, you think he still wants to be Robin? Nope. Nope. He's going to be Lee Sheriff in town. And yeah, his name we'll is Jameer Gibbs. I'm Ronnie Duncan in closing. Three, two, one. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Appreciate right. it. All right. Take care. That's Ronnie Duncan, who's a member, by the way, of the American Basketball Hall of Fame. All right. Covering sports in Detroit. Speaking the truth, as painful as it is for Trent and Lions Faithful. Oh, the pain. In that man's voice right there. That is a, that was a little window into his soul. He's finishing a segment with Trent right now. They're still not Oh, done. yeah. In fact, I don't know if we'll get Soren Petro on in nine minutes because I think that Trent and Ronnie are still going to be talking. So we'll just let them be. Mark, you may have to get up and send us to break in about a minute. Press the right buttons. I can do that. Okay. Vote on our poll question. Do you agree with Dan Gamble and his decisions? Go to that Mark Miller, the David Moulton, or FloridaSportsNetwork.com to vote. I would have kicked the field goals. Mark would have kicked the field goals. Especially the first one, right? The first one. You were a little more okay with the second one? I was okay with the second one. Thought they needed seven to put San Francisco, because they weren't stopping the Niners. Miller and Moulton. Meanwhile, we're going to go to Kansas City, where all they do is win.